Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, I'm excited to bring in this former Bearcat player who played from 1990 to 1993. This 6'1 guard from South Bend, Indiana, I think is one of the most slept-on Bearcats of all time just because of his versatility and so many things he could do on the court. He was such an important piece for what I think was the turn of UC Bearcat basketball. I'd like to bring in number 52, A.D. Jackson. What's going on, my guy? Hey, man. Uh, say that introduction again. I like that. <laughs> you better save that and clip that and play it over and over every time you walk in somewhere. I'm going to archive that. <laughs> now, tell everyone what A.D. stands for. Oh, my first name is Alan. My middle name is Dave. So you just take the first two initials. That's how they came up with A.D. I'm actually a junior, so. Okay. Started with my dad. All right, now now tell everyone about your nickname and how you got that. George? Your other, yes, George. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I was becoming kind of famous on campus, and uh, there were we were up in uh, Tangerman Center. You know, back in the day, it's where McDonald's was on campus. Yep, yep, for sure. And uh, there was a uh, there was a tour going on, and uh, like. 20, 30 kids came up to me. It was, it was myself and uh, B.J. Ward. Uh-huh. And they came up to me and was like, you're, you're A.D. Jackson. And I was like, whoa, whoa, no, you got the wrong guy. My name is George. <laughs> George. And somehow B.J. brought that back to the office, told our secretary at the time, which was uh, Betty. Uh-huh. And Betty spread that thing like wildfire. Oh man, that's and that's all needed. If if BJ Ward finds out about it or is right. there, it's it's a wrap. Right, right. So I've been I've been a Georgie Porgy, <laughs> all the Georges you can call. I mean, people call me George before they call me by my by my other nickname. Oh yeah, I've I've been around um, all you guys from the Final Four group, and they're all calling you George. Man, it's just pretty pretty funny. So, <clears throat> all right, let's go through your journey here a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You are originally from South Bend, Indiana, and yeah. played high school basketball at LaSalle. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now you led. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different than LaSalle here. My LaSalle was a public public school. Okay. Like Catholic here in Cincinnati. Right, and you led the city in scoring your senior year, and you were named the best defender on the team. Yeah. Now, is is it true that you played power forward in high school? I was the four in high school. Okay. So the story from that is that's why I ended up going to uh, junior college. Um, 
I had some Division One schools looking at me, but they said at Division One level I would probably be a two or a one. Mm-hmm. But they wanted me to go to junior college and refine those skills. I'd actually actually committed to Butler out of high school. Okay. And they were the ones that found the junior college for me to go to. They tried to hide me. But um, the junior college I went to, we played in a lot of tournaments, like preseason tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I had some pretty good games against some top players. So top schools started, big schools started uh, recruiting me at the at the two two guard. Now explain to every everyone what junior college really is, because it's a lot different now. The the makeup of the landscape of high school kids and what they do prep school and right. they do a lot of different things. So explain junior college and I know you said that you went there to kind of refine some stuff, but kind of explain junior college and how it works. Well, for most kids who have the talent and ability to play at Division One, the reason most of them go to JUCO is they probably don't have the the core GPA or they tested low on the ACT or SAT. Mm-hmm. I didn't do either. I scored all. I had all the scores coming out of high school, um, so that's why I went to JUCO just to refine my skills but like I said the main reason a lot of kids go to JUCO is because they didn't get their scores but to me also um, with the landscape now a lot of kids are going to prep schools and bypassing JUCOs yep I I haven't really paid too much attention to it lately but from what I'm hearing that's what they're doing or they just go division two because I mean a lot of times it's just getting that scholarship yep no doubt about it and you were you were voted against. So your, your, in your high school career, your senior year, you were voted best defender. And you were voted best defender again in junior college? I was voted best defender in junior college, high school, and my senior year at UC. Wow. Yeah, so. pretty and yeah, yeah. if you play for hugs, defense has to be number one <laughs> anyway. So, Right. Now, so that's a great segue into being recruited by the Bearcats. So do you think that your defense was one of the main ris- reasons you were recruited out of uh, JUCO to the Bearcats? Yeah, I think so. Hus um, started off recruiting me, and uh, Harry, Coach Harrison started coming a lot, Then a lot of times it was both of them. And uh, what, they, what I was told was it was my ability, because from playing the four in high school, I was able to guard bigger players. Mm-hmm. So even if you go watch tape when I played at UC, I was a lot of times guard the three when Hugs went to the three guard offense when he had um, myself, Nick, and Terrence out at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's probably the guy I was, I was the guy guarding the big or in the bottom of the two three zone, and and you know how our zone was run a lot different than regular two threes. Yep. So um, that was one of the big reasons why they they recruited me because I was able to defend multiple positions at the time. So at the end of the day, do you feel like, I mean, that really helped you being able to play forward in high school? Because a lot of kids today, if you were to tell a kid who's 6'1", you've got to play forward, they're going to bitch and complain, and their parents are going to have them transferring out of school. Oh, yeah. If you're 6'10", right now, and they tell you to play forward, <laughs> you're going to complain and going to transfer and all that. But, yeah, definitely that was the case. So what was the, like, and, and I've talked to a couple other players. We interviewed Lizelle Durden, 
um, and some other guys, and we talked about their recruiting process. What was the, the one selling point for you that you said, I'm going to the Bearcats? Because you said you were initially going to go to Butler. But what, right. what sealed the deal for you to go and be a Bearcat? Um, uh, when I, on my visit, I had a great visit. Um, Andre Tate, uh, Steve Sanders were my chaperones. They showed me a good time. Uh, actually, I think my second day of my recruiting visit, me and Andre actually watched a tape of, uh, of UC playing Louisville. Mm-hmm. And once I watched that tape and I saw how they played, I was sold right there. I didn't tell them that. I went back to school, told them I'd let them know in a couple of days. But yeah. I was sold right there after watching the style of play and how they got up and down. And I was sold right there in my, in my recruiting visit. And then, so, I had another visit that I didn't even take. Who was that with? Kansas State. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so you land in Clifton, uh, 1990. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 you're wearing number 52. Now, right. now, keep in mind, A.D., I'm a young kid uh, <laughs> growing up, a Bearcat fan. Right. Um, I'm a guard. Um, and I always looked, and you know how this is, as you grow up, you kind of look for players to, to mimic right. and, you know, and, and, and watch. And to be honest, I was so intrigued with you just because you wore number 52. Right. Like, I'm like, why is he wearing 52? <laughs> so explain that. So it started, um, we were, um, well, I liked UNV, UNLV. Mm-hmm. Greg Anthony was the point guard. Yep. He wore 50. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of how you felt when you saw the number on the guard. I felt the same way. So my, my original number was 22. Okay. So I kept the two, put the five on it. Went with 52. I wanted to be kind of like Greg, but not all the way Greg. Uh huh. I kept piece of me with the two. And and then also, Lou Bates liked it because he said that when we stand together, it's two five five two. I don't know. Okay. That. <laughs> Sweet Lou. Sweet <laughs> Lou, man. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. I'm I'm always fascinated. You know why people choose. You know the numbers they choose. The numbers, yeah. yeah. It's it's just always fascinating. So. Now, your first year, um, and this is the way I look at it, you know, kind of growing up, I grew up watching Bearcat basketball, but, you know, Tony Yates was the coach when I kind of understand, you know, basketball, and they weren't the best years as far as wins and losses, but great players. Uh Um, And then when, you know, uh, Coach Yates was out and um, Coach Huggins came in, Obviously, there were some guys that carried over, Lou Banks, uh, Lavertis Robinson, like those guys carried over from that Tony Yates period. But right. um, I think your first year, in my opinion, was kind of the shift in UC uh-huh. basketball. Uh-huh. I mean, it totally went to this. I mean, to where it is today in the fan base, I think it all started with that 1990-91 season. So talk a little bit about that team. That team, um, I think uh, Keith Starks was another one that was a pullover layover yep. from Yates. Um, that team was scrappy. That team was also shorthanded. We were still coming off probation and were short on uh, scholarships. 
Mm-hmm. So, so that was made that team. Um, we had a lot of guys that came from tough situations, which made them tough. And I think that's part of Hugs, you know, <laughs> his nature. So he liked that, and he really pushed us. And I think that team overachieved. We actually think, thought we should have made the tournament that year. Um, we had the exact same record as Georgetown, but we had more, um, I guess at the time, what you would call power five wins. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was the name. Thompson was still there, and they put uh, Georgetown in there. Oh, yeah, the brand, the name. Like yeah, the brand, the name. So I think that's what sold them to the tournament because it's all about the money. You know, they want viewership. People are going yep. to tune in to see Georgetown at that time instead of UC. Yep. But uh, yep. that you, team, I think that team really overachieved it. Like you said, when you when I talk to uh, like Nick and Corey or Eric, it's always they 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 they, they look at that team as part of the reason why they came to UC. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Like that brand of basketball was 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 just a change. It embodied Coach Huggins. He wanted tough guys. He didn't care what situation exactly. he came from, right? And that right. style of play was. And you guys were 18 and 12, went to the NIT, lost second round. Um, but yeah, cheated. <laughs> At Oakland. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. But so during that year, this is your first year um, as a Bearcat, but you didn't start initially. The first three games you didn't start. It wasn't until the fourth game of the season that you started. Right. Or, yeah. So what happened with that? Uh, I think uh, I can't remember who was starting. I think it might have been Orlando. I can't remember if he got hurt. And then it was Terrence. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the Kentucky game. I came in off the bench and had a good game. And I was still telling Hugs I wasn't a point, but he mm-hmm. wanted me be on the floor so he made me the point after that yep and and most people don't remember you guys played the third game of the season you played uk at yeah, the third at, right. at the at the shoe at the time yeah, yeah. which was crap i mean we lost but t- take us through that game because obviously you know there there was a, such a long period before we played uk again right but but yeah, your thoughts on that game? It was packed Man, in there. I remember that. I was there. That game was so hype. I had so many friends at my home because it was the first game we were going to be on TV. Mm-hmm. It was my first game being on TV. So I was nervous as <laughs> whatever. But um, that game, actually, we lost on the last second shot. Um. Steve Hansen on a tip-in, and what's funny is if you watch the tape, I'm there right at the basket. As the shot goes up, I'm just looking like, because it looked like it's going in, but it's, it falls short. Mm. And, uh, and it's me waiting for it to hit the rim, I didn't react, and Steve Hansen came out of nowhere and tipped it in for a game winner. Mm. But that game was exciting. I mean, I remember coming in, um, and uh, I was making shots. I was... I couldn't believe it. I thought I'd shoot the ball through the backboard. I was so uh, excited about the game. But right, I think that was the game where Hugs wanted me to go ahead and play the point instead of the two. Do you think that was that, that game was, you know, kind of your game where you, you developed an identity? 
I think it did. I think it was kind of my coming out game. I, I, I always pushed against playing the point, but I played the point well that game against that team. I, I gained a lot of confidence, figuring I can, I can run the point after that mm-hmm. game. So yeah, yep. it was a big it was a big turning point for for me. Now there, and we talked about players before, kind of like growing up, you you watch certain players, but um, your first year. You played against twice during that season a player that I, I always watched. I would laugh at this dude and go, "How is he oh, this about. good?" You know exactly who I'm yeah. talking about. And I, I would look at him and go, "This goofy nerd! Like, how's he balling?" I'm With talking about Elliot Perry. Elliot Perry, yeah, EP. With the goggles, that dude was tough, man. Right. I actually played two good games against him. Did you? Did you guard I him? I guarded him. I mean, I tried to guard him. <laughs> he was so quick. Um, and they ran the offense through him, so you couldn't relax one second. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I believe I played just as well as him in those two games. Mm-hmm. Um, which another thing that boosted my confidence in playing the point. Um, yeah, going against that guy. And I, and I think a lot of people that are listening to this are from a certain generation, and they might not be familiar with who Elliot Perry is, and they just need to Google him. Elliot Perry. Hey, once Memphis he went State. to the yeah, when he went to the league, they they called him Socks. Cause did, what did he wear the long socks? He wore long socks up to his knees. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. He had knee pads and knee know. pads, and goggles. <laughs> and like like every, he looked like a nerd. Like if you were picking a team, he would be the last oh, guy picked. He would, yeah, he would not be picked. No, <laughs> no, dude could, dude could hoop. I used to get so yeah. frustrated. I'm like, how's he doing this? Yeah, lefty, and it was a weird lefty shot. Yep. Yeah, but he went in. Yep. No doubt yeah. about it. So, so coming out of that 1990-91 season into, obviously, which is one of the, the greatest uh, seasons ever mm-hmm. in Bearcat history and um, my, my favorite uh, team of all time. Um, so from that team, that 1990-1991 team, coming back, um, guys like you, uh, Terrace T-Rat Gibson, Herb Jones, Curtis Bostic, but coming in, you've got Anthony Buford, Nick Van Exel, mm-hmm. Corey Blunt, Terry Nelson, Eric Martin, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So with with the, the the group, the nucleus coming back, these new guys coming in that have experience. Um, did you know, or did you guys know from day one that this team was special? Uh, I tell you a story. Uh, we had Midnight Madness, and uh, Dick Vitale was there. He was doing our Midnight Madness, and he asked me. It was me and. Uh, I believe Anthony Buford, but he had asked me the question, what do you think your team would do this year? This is before we played one game. Mm-hmm. I told him this team could play, could compete for a Final Four. Mm. And his response was, that's great. <laughs> you guys need to have realistic goals. <laughs> right. What? From that day, if you ask any of us, we don't like Dick Vitale. Really? Because of that statement. Realistic wow. goal. It was a realistic goal. And 
We proved them wrong. Now, 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 why did you say that? Now, some people oh, yeah, say. The reason I said that, though, is we had, like, three practices. And Hus had all kind of lines up, lineups. He was switching up, trying to find a, you know, what he does when he tries to find a five that works together. Mm-hmm. And we were just so competitive. It was like a stalemate a lot of times. And I was like, we got ten players. How can we not be good? Mm-hmm. And that was my my train of thought, and the reason why I said that to him. Now, so Nick comes in, um, and with Nick being a point guard. That helps move you to the shooting guard position, which right. are, which is more natural, correct? Correct. So how'd that work out for you that year, you think? Um, it worked out kind of, sort of. The thing was, Anthony Buford was the two, and he was, I'd like to say, more familiar with Hug's system than I was. He had already played winning for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My time actually decreased, but it wasn't mm-hmm. a bad thing. I still think I played as many minutes as I was playing when I started, mm-hmm. maybe a couple minutes shorter. But all in all, I mean, we were all still the team. It didn't matter who was out there as long as we were getting it done and getting Ws. Yeah, no doubt. And you guys obviously go on that, that great uh, tournament run. So if you could, maybe a story or two from that season or that know, tournament run you guys had to the Final Four. Any great story that sticks out to you that maybe hasn't been told? Uh, man, you got the worst storyteller on the phone right now. I can't <laughs> tell you a story. <laughs> um, I mean, I just think our road trips, and uh, I know how you, you know how it is when you go out to eat and the camaraderie you have with the guys. That's mm-hmm. the main thing I, I remember. I remember, like, bus rides after we won a game was like the best times. You know, you had Terry Nelson who would bag on you. Mm-hmm. Eric would get some slick one in there. Corey is funny as hell, naturally. You don't even got to try. Yep. So those those were the things I, I, I can uh, take back from that besides, you know, the Final Four was the greatest experience I'll ever have, will never forget. Um, yeah. What what was that? What was that game like versus Michigan? Like, Obviously, growing up, I always wanted to play college basketball. And I, so, AD, I never really thought about if I eventually played college basketball, what would happen. But when I did make it to uh-huh. UC, it was always, I want to be in the Final Four. Right. Like, as soon as I step, I want to be in the Final Four. And then for you guys to be there and be that close to the championship game, what, what was that experience like? Man, that's that experience right there is like a out of body experience kind of. Um, you're there, but it's like you're still watching it. If I can, mm-hmm. you know, if I, that makes any sense. I can remember running out on the floor to warm up, and actually like seeing myself watch myself run out on the floor from mm-hmm. my experience of just watching other, you know, growing up watching the tournament. You know what another thing is about that tournament that was you don't really re- recognize it till you're in it? It's like when we won our first two games and we came back and they were like, you guys are in the Sweet 16. I was like, what? <laughs> like, right? don't we get to win like eight more games to get to the Sweet 16? There's so many teams. 
Yep. But it's just something you don't, you know, can't explain. Then we won two more games. We're like, no, we won one game after that. We were in the Elite Eight. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And we got to win, like, three more games to get to the Elite Eight? <laughs> but Right. And, and, it's, and, it's weird once you're in it. And then the fact you guys beat Michigan State in the tournament but lost to them earlier in the regular season. Yeah. That was a rough one, though. We went down there. And I think we actually had a big lead on them uh, at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they start coming back, and you get the those calls that sometimes oh, don't, <laughs> don't go your way. You're like, how did mm-hmm. these refs see that call? But, mm-hmm. yeah, so we, we definitely, when, they, when we played them in a the tournament, it was definitely revenge factor on everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that game, uh, torn torn us so bad. Um, <laughs> you told us to go home. You're like you didn't even got to go back to Cincinnati. Go home. Yep. I actually, I actually did go home though because I'm from South Bend, so it was close to me. I went home then, came back to UC. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, that game was definitely of a revenge factor game. And yeah. It happened at the perfect time where it was in the tournament. And uh, yeah, we, that's when we were thought we were the giant killers. Mm-hmm. We were ready to play all the top teams. We wanted to play uh, Kansas after that, but they lost. Somebody, I can't remember. Was that uh, when they lost to uh, – you talking in the tournament? In the tournament, yeah, because they would have been our next game, I believe. Uh, UTEP, right? The, the, yeah, UTEP, exactly. Yep, yeah, yep. You guys play UTEP the next one. Yeah, they yeah. would have been a game. We wanted them because we had been watching them in the stands because – uh, they played up in uh, Dayton when we did. And we was like, man, they're not that good. Or as good as they think they are. You know, those mm-hmm. top teams, man, a lot of times with how they win is just they think they stuff don't stink. And that's, sometimes that's what you need. Yep. But we was yep. like, yeah, y'all stuff do stink. We about to get in y'all. But they lost. <laughs> <laughs> they lost because so we didn't play them. I was really nervous for that UTEP game because it's just like – you hate to have that team that's got, you know, they get an upset and now they've yeah. got confidence and they think right. they can beat everybody. And then now you guys are playing tight. Man, Hugs preached that. He was like, these day one, they coming in here with all this confidence. You guys are half-assing it. Because we were still so loose, a loose bunch. Mm-hmm. And Hugs, I don't know if he really liked that sometimes. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to be as, as intense as he was. Yep. Yeah, so that game, he was really on our butts for being too relaxed. And I think we actually did start off slow. It was a close game. Only one by uh, two. Yeah, I think Herb Herb Jones pulled us to the finish line in that game. Uh-huh. And then you guys go on to play Memphis, which, I mean, is still one of the – For the fourth time. For the fourth time and beat them for the fourth time yeah. with – one of the great college basketball players of all time, yep. Penny Hardaway. I mean, that's yep. just unheard of. Yeah, that guy, he was my assignment. So I chased him all game. Um, and just holding him to 20 was a was a, was a win. Mm-hmm. If he had anywhere between 15 and 20 points, we felt like we did our job. And I think the last of that game in the tournament, the conference tournament it was the only game he had like twenty five or something on us. And so you so, always guarded him every I always time. Guard was my responsibility. Man, mm-hmm. and what's cra- what's crazy, AD is so you guys played them three times prior to to the tournament game, and you, you 
you guys win. I mean, you've got some good victories there, but I mean, guys killed them in the tournament. I mean, killed them. Yeah. No, no, not in the tournament, not in the conference tournament. We won. No, no, I'm talking about in the I'm talking about in the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, 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 killed yeah, them. yeah. I think but we broke, t- kind of broke their spirits that third time we beat them. Mm-hmm. I think they just figured they couldn't beat us because it was a it was the conference tournament at their place, and we beat them in the championship game. Mm-hmm. So I think we had broke their spirits. I think Anthony was the only guy in that fourth game that could really do anything. Everybody else was just defeated before the game mm. even started. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the big game, you know, versus Michigan, all the hype. Um, of course, Terry talking trash. As <laughs> as but as you as know as what? Here's my thing with that. People were critical of Terry at that time, but I'm mm-hmm. like, they've been doing this all year. Like, yeah. why lose that swag at this point? Am I right? Same thing we played uh, Xavier in cross town. Right. Talked to crap and man, Hugs is ready to kick him off the team for that. <laughs> <laughs> he was so upset. Give you see, get him locker room material. But like Terry yep. said to him, you know, my guys got my back, and every time he made a statement, we had his back. Yep. Yep. So let's go ahead and um. Transition into that 1992-1993 season. I think the expectations after a Final Four were extremely high. You lose, I think, two very, very important pieces in Buford and and Herb Jones. Um, But you return a lot. And and the returning pieces with all that experience, I mean, the expectations were high that year. They were high. I think um, uh, Nick was preseason, first team. Uh, Corey might have been second, and Eric might have been second team. Um, we were picked to finish first in the league. Um, yeah, expect expectations were high, but uh, we were all up to the challenge, man. And I, I think the one game everyone, Bearcat fans, myself, and I'm sure you guys had marked was that game at Indiana early in the season. Yes. Yes. Talk about that game. Um, that game, we were just prepared. Everybody, everybody, I think, but Eric Martin and maybe Mike Reckonecker, we all cut our hair bald. Uh, if, I think if you go to the archive, there's a picture in the Cincinnati Enquirer of all of us sitting in a circle on the, on the court. Uh, they took a picture because we had all cut our hair off. Why did uh, you guys do that? Um, we was um, just coming together. Okay. It was our big game. We the game we circled on the calendar. Um, yep. So once we get up there, um, I can't remember if it was on the bus ride up there or just once we got up there the next day that morning, Terry Nelson had heart pal- palpations or heart, whatever you say, palpations or whatever. Uh-huh. So Terry actually had to go to the hospital. He didn't play in the game. Uh-huh. I that made remember it, that. We were shorthanded. Um, Corey wasn't eligible yet. He was still going through his fighting to get his eligibility back. Mm-hmm. So uh, Eric played the five. No, yeah, Eric played the five. Curtis played the four. I don't even remember who played the three. I might have played the three, and he started Terrence and Nick in the one and two. Mm. But but even in that game, man, we were hanging with him until uh, I think Eric fouled out, and mm-hmm. then I fouled out. 
That was so, a rap. It was a rap. It was probably a rap once Terry can play though anyway. Cause a lot a lot of our team that made us what we were too, even if you didn't score or anything like Terry, it was still our chemistry. Mm-hmm. I mean, we needed Terry out there. Yep. Because Terry yep. did the things that don't show up in the in the scorebook. Yep. Terry yep. did all the little things that didn't show up, man. And we I needed agree. Terry that game. Totally agree. But here's the great thing. You guys <laughs> lose that game, but then you go on to win 14 games in a row. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was – when you guys went on that run, I'm like – Whoa! Like this, this team right here, this this might be this might be the team. Um, you guys go and lose um, at Arizona, yeah. sixty to seventy. That was yeah. a tough one. Yeah, that was a a way game for both teams, but it was in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So yep, I remember that. Yep. So they had the fans. We were outnumbered there. Um, and for some reason, we just didn't have our game that game. I mean, it happens. And that was just one of the games. I think um, if Nick didn't have the game he had, it would have really looked bad. Mm-hmm. I think Nick had like 30-some points that game, which, mm-hmm. which made it look respectable. Right. But I, I think like with you guys, with the expectations being high, um, and I always, always think it's important that during the regular season you have games like that to help prepare right. you for yeah. the tournament, right? The right. Indiana, the Arizona, and, you know, you know the saying, you don't take it as a loss, you take it as a lesson and right. so exactly. forth and so on, right? So let's talk about the uh, the tournament run. Um, beat Cotton State, New Mexico State, Virginia, and then off to the, to the big game against uh, North Carolina, which is crazy to me because, you know, growing up, I think the two programs that I looked at, um, I, I was a Bearcat fan first, but the two mm-hmm. programs I looked at were Michigan and North Carolina. Just wow. you know, I, I wore I wore number forty one because of Glenn Rice. He was wow. my yeah, he was my favorite shooter. So, my so, my, so my teams I looked up to were Michigan and Illinois. Okay, at yep. that time, so I love Glenn Rice. Uh, yep, Terry. I can't think of his name. Sean Woods, I think. Not Sean Woods. You know the Michigan team? Um, Say what? The Michigan team at that time. Romeo Robinson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough. And then uh, I watched Illinois because I like Kendall Gill. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lloyd Battle. Man, those, that's when the Big Ten was real. Yep. No doubt about it. I forgot about Kendall Gill. He was, that was a grown man hooping. He, he was Jordan in college to me. Yeah, he was. That's true. That was that was definitely a tough team. And uh, but Glenn Rice. So my middle name's Glenn. Oh so, wow. Yeah. So I've always just you know when I heard his name, I'm like Glenn. He got the same name as me. I don't know many people with that same name. And then I watched him. And I'm like that jumper. I'm like I'm copying Automatic. that. Automatic off his forehead. Oh man, I copied his jump shot. So then when it when it came time as we talked about numbers earlier, when I get to UC, I really don't have a I wanted to wear number 1. Mhm. Like that's that's the number I wanted to wear, but they kind of shot that down right away. And you ready for the excuse they gave me for why I couldn't have number 1? What? They told me that this is a true story. 
that Oscar Robertson wore number one in practice. What? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. So I can't have number one because he wore it in practice. They're like, that's a, that's a forbidden number. And I was like, wow. So I said, well, what about uh, 41? And they were like, yep. So that was that. was that. And it's just kind of crazy that you guys end up playing Michigan and, and North Carolina. And I was a North Carolina, kind of followed North Carolina because of being a huge Michael Jordan fan. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of gravitated that way. So. But I, but but trust me, both games I wanted you guys to, to beat the yeah, yeah call for sure. Talk talk about that North Carolina game because that was crazy. Nick went off in the first yeah. half. Well, you see that those that game that tournament year, I got hurt the first game. Yep, <clears throat> I remember that. Uh, to Nick's, and uh, so I was basically on the sideline watching, hoping uh, we get to a final four because I would have been able to play. I was rehabbing at that time and. Mm-hmm. The thing was, if we made it to the Final Four, I would have been ready to play. Hmm. But we never did. Uh, but, yeah, um, that North Carolina game, I, uh, Nick had such a good first half. Uh, we just think he tired out. Yeah. He was running the show, bringing it up, and having to score. And If I was in there, I would have – Nick probably would have moved to the two because once he's scoring like that, a lot of times, Hug put him at the two, and I brought it up, and we found him where he could catch the ball and still have a, you know, still have his dribble. Yep. But so that game, we weren't able to do that, and uh, I think they just wore us down. They they start putting multiple guys on Nick, which wore him down, and I guess it was just meant to be for North Carolina. They were they were huge too. Mm-hmm. They were a lot bigger than us. The Montrose was seven foot something. <laughs> right. They had another. Tall guy with seven foot come off the bench, and they also had a. You know, look back on it, three or four NBA players on that team. Mm. Just for us to challenge them like we did was was something to be uh, to be proud of. For sure, yeah, they were they were definitely loaded. That I think they had. I think George did they win it that year? George... They won it that year, right? They I don't remember if they won it or not. Because uh, that's the year when uh, Chris Webber did the travel timeout thing. Okay. That was right. that year? That was that year, that's huh? That was that year, right? Now, now. The year before Duke played Michigan. Now, see, this is this is something I should I should know and remember. <laughs> like, yeah, they, you know what? That, that would have been the – that would have been, yeah, the Michigan timeout game because that, that was in um, New Orleans. Yeah, against North Carolina, right? Yep, you're right. Because yeah. that would have been in, yep, yep, you're right. Because it was George Lynch, yeah. um, Donald Williams, the, 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 the young guard. Right. Yep. He, he yep. hit the big three against us in that game. Yep. Um, it was funny is um, when Nick got, got drafted by the, the Lakers, I was out there like the first two months with him, and you know George Lent that got drafted by the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So it was funny how we we was talking about the game. What did he say? He was saying uh, we they should have blew us out. They would they won the top game. <laughs> <laughs> so we were yeah, like, well, shut up. Yeah, I didn't did. play. If I'd have played, it'd have been a different story. You know, so <laughs> we went back and forth like that, but it was all fun. 
No doubt. And and that's kind of a great segue for, for me to kind of say this again, kind of like I said at the start, and I'll say again at the end, um, I personally think you were such an important part to all those teams you played on, but but more importantly, that, that first team you were involved in. And I, I mm-hmm. always tell people, like, that was the team that started all of this stuff. Right, I tell right. fans that. And, of, of course, they don't really – some fans of a certain generation do not have an understanding of that, that team. But yeah. but with with you – and this is, this is something I want to articulate. You look at the recruiting process now. And so if, if Bearcat fans go on Twitter and all the different social media sites and they look and see who UC is recruiting, they look at, oh, here's a four-star, six-seven wing that could do this and that. And they look at all these players that have – physical attributes that are very appealing. But what right. they forget is you need an A.V. Jackson. Right, right. You you it's need – You ain't And that's the truth. But, but like, people if, – if UC was to recruit a kid that doesn't have the, the stars as others, they're like, what are they doing? Why are they recruiting this kid? Right. And I'm like, you don't understand the value. You come in as one of – the best defenders in the country. You were mm-hmm. an excellent facilitator. You got the ball in position for guys to score. You yep. had great leaping ability, which people yeah. forget about. Yeah. You had yeah, tremendous like – North Carolina was your team. The guy I liked on North Carolina back then was Kenny Smith. Oh, yeah. He, he was yep. like one of the first point guards I seen, like, just dunking crazy. You know, mm-hmm. He had hops. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Which, which helped, I think, for your rebounding. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like four or five one year. Yep. Then, uh, I think it might have been that first year. And then when Corey came in there, he started taking everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> but but in order to make those Final Four runs, Elite Eight runs, you need the A.D. Jacksons, the Terry Nelsons, that kind of yeah. that kind of shift and bring everything together. Yeah, it's like what Shaq called the the others. Mm-hmm. I think I, I felt that filled that bill with that. Final Four team. I was a, the others that you know when Nick was down, Corey wasn't having a top game. The others had to step up. Yep, yeah, for sure. So here's how I'd like to end all all my podcasts when I do interviews. I like to do mm-hmm. quick questions and quick mm-hmm. answers. All right, okay. you ready for this? All right. All right, we've got quick questions, quick answers with Ad Jackson. <clears throat> the first one here. All right, what was better to play in the Final Four or watch your son? Playing the high school state final four. Woo-wee. That's, that's a good one, isn't it? That's a woo. That's woo-wee. And your and your son, just so everybody knows, your son was a hell of a high school basketball player yes, here in was. Cincinnati at Roger Bacon. He was a hell of a player. He got player of the year division three in the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I would have to say watching my son, man. Yeah. It was just that proud moment. You know? Yep. Especially because to get there, he made some, that game before that was one of his amazing games. What people don't know, he was sick in that in that Final Four game. But we don't tell nobody because we don't want nobody to think we using that as an excuse. So we just <laughs> right. But he he was sick. He was real sick that game. Uh-huh. And and you know, AD. I mean, I I graduated from Roger Bacon High School where mm-hmm. <clears throat> where Carlos played at and. I followed that team. I knew right. I was around that team a lot, and 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 just your your son and and that whole team, and that was so. I was like, 
And I, I would always think this. I was like, you know, AD playing at the level he played at, that's got to be so much fun to watch your son it do is, the things man. he did, right, and achieve those it achieve is. those things, right? Yeah. People say, uh, they come up to me and say, you're, you're smiling. I never see you smile. I'm like, no, my son, he's putting a smile on my face, man. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. So uh, my second question here. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's go back in time. We're gonna go back to 1990. All right. If you could have been in 1990, one rapper growing up, what rapper would you have been? Tupac. Tupac, without a Tupac. question. That's that's too easy. I was like. The earliest guy on Tupac's jock back in the day, because I remember me and Corey used to argue because he was a ghetto boys guy, and whoever was from the West Coast, you know, Tupac wasn't actually West Coast yet. He was still coming from New York and Baltimore moving, going west. That's true. That's true. I was like the only guy at that time really playing Tupac. I was walking, running down the halls, Brendan's got a baby, and they're like, man, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, wait, wait. So... <clears throat> Corey's Corey's fandom for Tupac mm-hmm. has to be largely attributed to, me, man. to you. It's yeah, attributed to me, man. I don't care what you say. It's attributed <laughs> to me. He was ghetto boys, Ice Cube uh, probably, Perface, Ice Cube, N.W.A. Yeah, whatever West Coast he was. Man, what are you listen to? Because I was, I listened to a lot of East Coast back then. Grand Poobah, mm-hmm. um, Ooh, you know, Grand Brand Newbie. Brand new yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Play Brand Newbie now. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> timeless, timeless music right there. Timeless, man. I'm like, these kids don't know what real lyrics are. I, and I got, I, got a, I got a funny one for you. So did you know about uh, six years ago, mm-hmm. Grand Puba coached an AU team, and he was down yeah. at Nationals in Orlando. Man, I was trying to hunt that dude down. I could not right. find him. Grand Pooba coached an AU team. Wow. <laughs> right? Was it uh, on the team or something? I don't remember, but there was an article that popped up that he was coaching, and I think at the time he was in maybe like North Carolina or one of the Carolinas mm-hmm. um, living, and um, he was in Orlando. And I'm like, man, I'm searching. I couldn't find the team name. I'm going uh, I know it was terrible. I felt like a groupie, yeah. but people just didn't understand. I'm like, you got to understand Brand Newbie and what that they meant back then. They don't know that, man. They don't know about that. And speaking of that, real quick, not to get too far off subject, but when you came mm-hmm. to UC, you you had a um you had a box haircut. You had a you had a, you had a um Big Daddy Kane. Actually, I, mean, I I didn't. Um, so like I said, I um uh, on my visit, I watched the tape and. Andre, Lou, and Lavertis and Keith Starts all had those boxes. Yep. So when I came in, I had to be part of the team, man. So it took me a good month to grow that. So wait a minute, you didn't come in with that. No. You had no. you had the low cut, and then you the grew it. And I grew I grew it that summer. So it, it probably looks like I came in with it because by the time school started, I had it. Yeah. But it, it had to grow, man. Lou, Lou, Lou was my barber. He wouldn't cut my hair. Oh yeah, that 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 era that box was the best. And then you had the you had the part down like the side or something. Part, I, yep. it was it was laid out, bro. I remember I all this. Have, if I wasn't bald, I might have be rocking that right now. <laughs> Please don't do it. Don't hurt them, Hamlet. Don't do that. But you know what's funny is, <clears throat> all you guys have boxes, and then 
like I don't know if it was like one game or when it was. You guys mm-hmm. all had low. You guys all had low cuts. Right. With the waves and all that. I remember that. I can't even remember why we, because we all did it at the same time. Yep. I remember because it looked funny because I'm like, you you guys look shorter. Right, right. Because um, I think Terrence was the main one that made me do it because I still wasn't gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But Terrence, you know, Rack Gibson, he was, he had his, and I, we were both the guards that hung together, so that's, that eventually pushed me towards it. Yep. Those were the days. So, all right, I got two more questions for you. Number right. three, your favorite sneaker of all time? Uh, man, it's got to be the Jordan ones. Okay. Red and black. Jordan ones? Red and black. Or Jordan fours, man. Jordan fours, actually. Okay. The low, the low cut. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Those the are shot the ones you wore against Elo, the shot against Elo where he double pumped black. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. yep. Those. Yep. Those are the Great. ones. Great shoe. Okay. I know you're a Jordan guy. What do you say? I said I know you're a Jordan shoe guy. Oh, you, you already know. <laughs> you know that. All right, my last question. You're going to battle, all right? Mm-hmm. You can take one teammate with you from your time mm-hmm. at UC. Herb what Jones. teammate? Wow, I didn't even get through with that. You said Herb Jones. Uh, expand. Herb Jones. I mean, you say I'm on the. That's one of the under. I don't know how he's not in UC Hall of Fame yet. Yep, agreed. I mean, he's pretty much the guy that carried us to the Final Four. Yep. And it's and um, I know he didn't go to the NBA, but he had a great career overseas. Mm-hmm. And somebody need to start that battle cry to get Herb in that UC Hall of Fame. Man. I, I I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree. You know the one thing I'll never forget. There there were a couple things about Herb. Okay. Um, when I was when I was growing up watching, <clears throat> and I was playing um, basketball at the time on the team. One thing I noticed about Herb was the dude. He always backpedaled. Like he would score, mm-hmm. and he would backpedal all the way down the court. Yeah. yeah. You remember that? Yeah. That, that was. Uh... So, to tell you a story about that, Herb, that's why I heard, like, in our press, he ended up being the guy on the ball. Because mm-hmm. her Hugs got tired of him backpedaling and getting back and getting lost. He said, no, you stay up top and you're on the ball. That's crazy. That's, I that's never knew that. backpedaling stuff. That is, so, I used to copy that backpedal. <laughs> I mean, AD, no joke. Copy I the have... backpedal? I copied the backpedal. How how bad is that? Like I would copy that back. He would score and backpedal all the way down the court. Nobody yeah. else was. I don't know where he got that from. Why? But I would I would copy that. I would I would soon have to mm-hmm. stop doing that because you know you got to sprint back. Right. Um. But the other thing about Herb, I will never forget. And we we talk about in Bearcat history. We always talk about some of the great great dunks that ever happened. You know, we talk oh. about. Uh, you know where I'm going to go with this. The Louisville dunk. Oh, my God. So, you know, James White is, is probably my favorite Bearcat dunker of all time. Melvin mm-hmm. Levitt had, you know, yes. one of the nastiest. But people have no understanding of Herb Jones' left-handed dunk oh on Louisville. And the wow. guy he dunked it on was a leaper. He didn't dunk it on no sorry dude. 
<laughs> right. I remember the guy's name because he was just known for jumping so high. Mm-hmm. And Herb looked at him eye to eye. You could see it like it was happening in slow motion. Yep. They both went at the <laughs> and it was just oh, boom. It was a wrap. And and, and the, the crazy thing is I never see a highlight of that dunk. No one that's, ever talks about it. Isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that it's a picture of it. It was like on one of our – like the, the media you know, guys. The media guys they put up for each game. Yep. It was on one of those. It was on that 1991-92 media guide. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that was – that dunk, and I, I still – I talk about that. Oh, man. But, but I never – you never – I mean, when was the last time you saw a video? Of I haven't. Course? I haven't. You haven't? No, I haven't. Not we, even we, in our end-of-the-year highlight tape. That's crazy. Not even on that. I got I got to I got to put the Bearcat fans to find that. And it's been really cool um AD over the last I want to say year all these Bearcat like uh old games have been popping up on YouTube. I don't know how they're getting on there. Yeah, who's I was doing wondering it. that too. I saw a couple like how did that even get on there? I, I have like, no who clue. Who has the tape to put it on there? Right. I'd love to see some of those games from back then. Yeah. Um so but listen, hey, this was great, man. Some of the stories you told, and I mean, I thought it was um, just so you understand. When I was going through the process of picking out different players that I wanted mm-hmm. to interview, and of course, there's always the usual suspects that you know people want to hear from or interview. But I think right. it's always interesting to hear from you know guys like yourself <clears throat> that were such important pieces that you know people just don't hear from a lot. And right, right. you know, I think after people hear this. They're gonna be like, yeah, AD was a monster for sure. So, right. but yeah, I, I, um, I appreciate you even thinking of me, man. Yeah, no, you know no worries, man. Number number hey, fifty two. Yeah, before I go too, man, I wanna, I wanna, I don't think I ever thanked you for that. Um, in my, you know, remember my kids, the AAU program I had, we came over to join your team. Yep. I don't think I really ever thanked you for. Uh, bringing my kids over because I know we were um, <clears throat> the main reason that team had split up was financial and uh, when we came over to you man you completely you and your organization completely helped those guys out who were, who were a lot less fortunate I don't think people know you do that type of stuff so hope well, this interview spreads that well that you, that you help thanks. people who need help that, well thank you very very much um and yes, um, that stuff's very, very important to us because <clears throat> there's so many kids that, you know, I, and this is the one thing I'll never forget, AD. I was watching an interview um, with Will Smith. This was years ago. Uh-huh. And Will Smith was like, he had a couple people help him out at, at a certain age. And without that help, he might not be the Will Smith today. Right. And I always remembered that interview. And I think about that you know, with, with our program and running that of how we can help some young people that can go on to do great things, um, change the world. You know, like Tupac often talked about, he was the right. he was either going to change the world or spark the brain that changed the, the brain, world. Man. Yep. Right? Remember that quote? Yep, exactly. So that's how I feel. It was a pleasure. Shit, it was a pleasure having your son in the program, man. Yeah. Um, one of those kids, and here's a great thing about your son and you. Um, a lot of times we get kids that come into our program that are high-level players um, that are high-maintenance. Man, right. 
your son was so low maintenance, we have to worry about him. We have to worry about him playing hard. We have to worry about you complaining about any situation. So I wish more parents and players would follow that blueprint. Yeah, They'd be a, a lot, lot of better off. Parents are the worst things for these kids. Ain't that the truth, man? I see it. You see it too. And you're yep. and let's not forget your daughter. Yeah. yeah, we can't forget exactly about her. She's still playing. She's probably going to end up at UC Claremont, man. She uh, she hurt her shoulder senior year. They tried to rehab it, and that didn't work. And then they finally did the surgery, so she didn't really get to play her freshman year in college. So hmm. she's probably going to end up at UC Claremont. She don't want to go far away from home, but she still wants yeah. to play. Okay. What year is she now? She would be a sophomore uh, academically, but – uh, eligibility, she'd be a freshman. Okay. All right. That's good, man. Well, tell her I said hello. Tell everybody I said hello. And uh, I'm going to make sure I tell my dad. I got, I got yeah, to play this man. for my How dad. Yeah, man. How's your dad doing, actually? I saw you posted he was in the hospital recently. Yeah, he had um, he had heart failure. And then uh, we got him to the hospital. And then um, they kept him for about seven days. They had to get some fluid out. And the problem that occurred was um, they were trying to balance out his medicine between being a diabetic. Yeah, um, that's hard when they first start that medicine regimen. Yeah, it was really, really tough, and it was it was um, uh, causing a lot of fluid to build up. And you know how that when you get that in your yeah. chest area, that so could it was be, like congested heart failure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, and 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 the crazy thing about it, AD, is this time right now is a time that we need to put bubble wrap around people like my father and mother who are right, older that right, have right. respiratory, cardiac, you know, those type of issues. Like They yeah. need to be away from all this coronavirus stuff. So are are they still up in the, the same area living? Yep, yep. Because they're right yep. around me, man. I'm going a, I'm to a have to go see them. I won't go now because of what's going on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as soon as this we get this stuff it's COVID nineteen lifted. I gotta go see my man. Oh yeah, that's one guy who really—you can tell when he was our academic advisor. He cared, man. It's, you know, after that, it seemed like just keep him eligible. Yep. But yep. No, thank you. Cared, man. He he really he really cared. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. He'll appreciate it very much. And yeah, I'll definitely uh, get you the information so you can come by and check him out for sure. Yes, sir. Well, hey, man, this has been great, man. I appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast. And uh, definitely, I'd like to probably in the future um, get a couple of you guys, you know, get like uh, Terry and Corey, <laughs> you together, all on it, and kind of do a round table. And, you know, once you guys okay. get going, the story's going to stop. You know, just give me the call, man. You know I'm there for you. I appreciate it, brother, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. We'll catch up. I appreciate it. Hey, put that intro on the outro, too. It's, it's so lovely. I <laughs> got you, bro. We'll make it happen. All right, AD. All right, man. Talk to you later. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at BigMeach41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.